Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 117. I'm Evan Addison. And I'm Liz Addison. And we're watching all the horror movies, currently available for streaming on the internet. So you don't have to. This week, we're talking about the 2020 Canadian horror film, Anything for Jackson, which comes to us from Shudder. Yes, and this was another audience recommendation, which we love doing. Yep. Um, this was recommended by Claire at Dupless27. Uh, Claire is now at least two for two on recommendations, audience recommendations. So thank you so much, Claire, for another great rec. Absolutely. And all of you out there, if you have a good rec, please send them our way. We love doing them. And uh, this was a awesome pick that I don't think I ever would have known about otherwise. What's so interesting about it is that it premiered at Fantasia Fest 2020. Oh, Which was a edition of the festival that we did cover. And yet this somehow slipped by us. That's crazy. I don't even remember seeing it. No, I mean, we just somehow didn't see it. Yeah. And then it made it to Shudder. Well, I'm so glad we've seen it now. Great rec. Would recommend people watch this. I would say that For this sure. movie slaps. I agree that it slaps. It's really good. I don't even know what more to say about that before getting in. Like, yeah, watch it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> We're going to spoil the hell out of it. So if you play, if you want to watch it, which you should, then you should, you know, go watch it and come back. Even here. so, I think that this is like a movie that really benefits from watching, like, it unfold that I don't even know that the plot being spoiled like for you really That's changes true. that much. The imagery is also really incredible in a way that like we we will not be able to fully communicate to you yeah. how like interesting some of these images are. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can see our, our plot synopsis going by really quickly just because like That's true. It it really is all in the images, it's which are very again, image heavy, yes. Sick. Very good. Yeah, this movie opens with uh Daisy Bell, bicycle build for two. Mm-hmm. A famous song uh, <laughs> that Hal sings as he's dying in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Unfortunately, this song, which I mean, like, Nat King Cole sang it, you know. Yeah. It is only from 2001 A Space Odyssey to me. That's crazy, because I think of it as from so many things. Yeah, I mean, it, it's maybe a cliche, but it is a little perfect in this movie. It works. It is really, like, uh, it immediately sets you in a mood that I think pervades throughout the entire movie. So I appreciated it a lot. This movie opens with a couple of old people uh, dragging a just, pregnant woman well, into their house. First, actually, it's just them having breakfast for a little bit. And I, I think that's also really helpful because it doesn't actually toss you in the deep end immediately. It's like they have a very nice, normal conversation for like the first three minutes of this movie where you they really establish that this is just a very normal married couple. They're bickering. I feel like she's criticizing him about some yeah. something he had said once. Just felt like a very genuinely married conversation. Their names, because this will be important, are Audrey and Henry, played by Canadian screen icon Sheila McCarthy and Julian Richings, mm-hmm. the most spooky-looking man. The true in death the world. from Supernatural. I mean, I've mentioned him before on this podcast. All kinds of because he's also in The Witch, I believe, The Vivitch. He's in. Oh, something else we covered too. Yeah, he's been in, he's been around because he has quite a spooky face. Um, although I feel like that's not actually what he's doing in this movie, which is interesting. He's kind of supposed to be more like just some guy, which is it's kind of a, a different role for him. He is just some guy. Just some guy. A grandfather, in yeah. fact, who is, he's a OBGYN. Mm-hmm. And again, they drag this pregnant woman into their house mm-hmm. and, I don't know, keep her captive and say that, you know... Henry is his name is going to be delivering these treatments from from home right. now. She's going to have a home birth now. Yeah. And when she kind of, you know, expresses her fear and confusion over this, um they explain to her that 
their grandson has died. Yep. It's interesting the first because we see him playing um, a little bit before this is revealed. Yes, Jackson. And Jackson. He's just sort of playing the on the carpet. Jackson. The titular Jackson. Sort of just playing on the carpet um, in front of the bed where she's being yep. held captive, which is also automatically like really scary because you're like, why is this child so just calm? Chill with this. Like, why? Like, is the is this couple so violent that they've already sort of inundated him with this yep. mindset this, that this is normal? But then it is revealed that he is dead and this is his ghost. And they're thrilled about this because they're like, oh my God, if she can see him, that already means they have a bond. But yeah, there's a connection. There's a connection because they want to put Jackson's soul inside of this unborn baby. Yeah, they are, in fact, Satanists. Yes. And I think that the... I, we can get ahead of this. I don't really need to dole this out, but like, sure, sure, sure. it seems that they have um, joined the local chapter of their satanic masses. Yeah, like, they, like meet because, at the library. I think because of their grief um, yes. over Jackson's death, and they are like looking for a solution, and they find an answer in this. Although it seems a little bit deeper than that sometimes, right? It, it's not like it's hard you to know, tell. We've seen horror movies where somebody gets into. Dark shit. Dark shit in order to solve a problem. But there's a part in the very, very early bits before we actually learn that they're going to these Satanist meetings where the um, pregnant lady that they're keeping captive says something like, oh, Jesus. And and Audrey is like, we don't say that name in in this house. And when she said it, I was like, what is she talking about? And then it's like, oh, because she's a Satanist. So it's it's become something. Maybe they did discover it because they were sort of looking for solutions and um somewhere to put their anger and grief but it seems that they're also taking it really 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 seriously they are like they're practicing satanists right they're not just like trying to use satan's magic powers to like solve this problem for them yeah and i think they're also taking like this soul resurrection thing that they're doing very seriously too i mean like when god i don't even know the pregnant lady's name I'll look it up because <laughs> I also don't know it. Uh, when she's like sort of struggling at the beginning, um, Audrey's very seriously like, you know, it, we're not going to relent on this no matter how much you beg. So like, please consider like we have feelings too. Like don't That's make this favorite. harder for us than it needs to be. It's my favorite part. Cause she's reading her like this missive, right? This sort of just like, yeah, we all have feelings. We all have like, she's basically saying like, please don't make this more difficult or say things that you don't mean because we all have feelings. <laughs> It's yeah. like, this is incredible. She's got a really great scheme to find out this woman's um, phone password where she leaves the phone close enough to her where the woman thinks that she's, like, going to get away. She gets the phone. And then Audrey comes back in the room, takes it from her, and looks at, like, they've got, like, a nanny cam. Yes. And she can see now the password on the nanny cam. Just, that's brilliant. It's so smart. That so, is so scary. So she updates this woman's social media and, like... Oh, taking a break before the big day or whatever. Yeah. I think her name is Beck. This says Becker. Anyway, I think this is really smart in particular because, like, these septuagenarians, I mean, there's some, like, mild struggles with, like, technology throughout the film, but, like, they understand the idea that they have to... And they've been planning this for a long time. No one has more time than a grieving family, as they say. (laughs) As they say. So they really have a lot of this plotted out really, really, really well. Um, It's not like a Tinder profile, so, like... Yeah, so it looks like she was meeting up with this person on Tinder. And then she, yeah, she like, would have gone missing yeah. as a result of this. Her name is Shannon Becker. Shannon Becker. Yeah, I... They're scary. <laughs> they're scary. I, like, in this first half of the movie, before rituals are performed, 
I was all in because I love their little satanic circle of like five people. Yes, again, they meet at the library. Again, you can tell who's taking it really seriously. There's come like there's some fun elements there. I think that it's interesting already at this point that there have already been some like snags. Yeah. Like I think I don't know how much we're supposed to really notice it at the time. They've really got it well plotted out with like she's supposed to have an appointment and so yeah. she didn't come in for the appointment and then they can kind of just be like, "Oh, she never came in for the appointment." So we're, we were not involved at all in her disappearance. But then the uh, um, Mitchell, Henry's Henry's receptionist at his office and his like, looks like he's like got like a private practice. Yes. Um, she is really bugging him. She's she's very attentive to her job, which I wonder if they just were not planning on her being that way or what the situation is, because she will not stop being like, Shannon's at 37 weeks. Like, she's got to come in. And so Henry makes up this lie where he's like, well, I saw her on her walk and she said she wasn't coming in. And this is the, uh, you know, first little tiny moment that snowballs into the rest of the film um, because they've really got everything so planned out so, so, so well. But But now a detective is like a little bit on their trail. So that's like the other plot line here is that like a detective continues following up and saying, you know, you may have been the last person to see your life. Can we just like talk again? This man looks like Julian Richings and he's a septuagenarian male OBGYN. So like the vibes are off anyway. Yeah. I know he's like just some guy, but like, you know, he's, he's, an, he's got, not who you want. He's no, I disagree. Actually. I think he seems, I think he actually seems in this movie like a very friendly man normally. And I can believe that Shannon Becker really liked him as a doctor. However, he has a very nervous energy. He's not pulling off. Like, they planned this out really well, but he is not smooth. So when he's talking to the cop, he's not like, he seems way too nervous. He's clearly hiding something. Counterpoint, scumbag statement incoming. But old people are scary? I just think that old people <laughs> I think have that a menace. A lot to of them. filmmakers agree with you. That's why we have these movies that we do. Sure, just unempathetic of me, I know. But like, I think that they're scary because of their presence. Like, this couple, not all old people, but like, I think that they have a menace to them. They have... They're um, kindly as well. They're not like... They are. I think that they... It, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but like Rosemary's Baby, right? Like, that couple is yeah. similar like, they have a, an aggressive energy, but they're not like I think that's insidious. why these, I think this is why they're well cast. Because I think that if you met these people in real life, if they were like, if they were related to like your friend and your friend yeah. was like, these are my grandparents, you wouldn't be like, oh my God, bad vibes. However... Once you spend some time with them, especially these actors, they're really pulling off that these are people, like, very close to being driven mad by grief. Absolutely. And possibly they go over the edge, like, in this movie, that, like, Audrey is very friendly and sweet, but she also has, like, this sort of hawkish, bird-like energy to her that becomes very frightening so there's like i I think i agree with you i just think that they are really towing the line in a way that i think they're perfectly well cast for this of like you're like oh my god they're so nice until you don't and then you're like oh my god these are the scariest people i've ever met i didn't think of this until now i actually think the cast of vets and rosemary's baby are like a great analog to this which is like again ruth gordon is like this buzzy you know uh excitable lady and like they're also satanists i would compare it also to in my shaman's the visit Sure, absolutely. I think it's They're very similar. More off-putting. I disagree. When you first meet them, yeah, there's just okay. Well, I don't think I think that they seem nice and friendly and grandparents in the beginning of that movie. Old people are scary. That's my take. Uh, <laughs> they do a ritual. 
There's also, this is the other thing they didn't plan for, is um, the guy who does their lawn, who, like, they have called to be like, hey, we don't need you for, like, a couple weeks, like, we're good, and he does not listen. No. <laughs> and I think that's another thing that is just an interesting sort of, like, when you're making a plan, you can't plan for people's, like, not even incompetence, but just, like, not doing what you want them to do. And this man will not leave them alone. He wants to snowblow their yard so and badly. Even though the film establishes that they soundproofed the room that they're keeping her captive in, there's still a tension to it that it's, like, he's right outside. He's, he's trying right to get outside. the house. And like, they have, oh, we didn't talk about this. Their setup is very interesting. It's it's a very funny bit every single time. Cool house. Big house, beautiful they have her, like, way up in the attic. They test the soundproofing to see if anyone can hear her. There's an elevator in their house, too. Elevator in their house. Um, and they have all these screens set up so that when they're doing anything, they can see her. And there's a screen that is literally right by their front door. Yep. So several different times, somebody comes to the front door, and they go, like, meet them, and they have to, like, turn oh, off look and screen. turn off the TV. Because yeah. she's, like, clearly bound and gagged. I agree. It's so good. So there's a very, there's, like, there's still a lot, even just at this point... There's a lot. There's been this sort of introduction into that it's supernatural, right? Because they want to put Jackson's soul in the body, and we and we have seen Jackson as a ghost. So even from the audience perspective, we're like, okay, like magic is real. Ghosts are real. We saw him with our eyes as an audience, yeah, as an audience member. So like this isn't like a made up thing. They like are actually kind of on to something with Satanism. Um, but yeah. up to this point, everything's all of the snags have been very like physical, not. Like, they're, they're practical kidnapping somebody snags. Yes. Not, uh, not demon satanic snags. ritual right. snags. But here we go into the satanic ritual they snags. They do the ritual. Immediately they summon a demon. It's real scary looking. It's very it's very classic demon. Yeah. Uh, Horns, scary, dark blood, you know. The and they're like, did we do that right? It's unclear. And the rest of the movie, we'll talk about each of these in, in detail, but like, they seem to have done the ritual right, but it... It's not all according to plan because they are being haunted now. Yeah. Bad they are, haunted. It's, it's not just that they put Jackson's soul in this body, but like they are seeing things that they don't want to see and dealing with some shit they don't want to deal with. No, and no, that no. is the second half of this movie that I think is, again, no disrespect to the first half. This second half is spectacular. It's so, A series so, so compelling. Of like really good sequences. I'm probably like overhyping this now if we're listening to it, but like really good sequences that surprised me like four or five times in a row. I agree. I agree. Cause there, there's the ghost element. And I will say that like a lot of the, I would say most, there's like a little bit of CGI in this. Like they yeah. do some CGI in the beginning to show us that. I think even the CGI Jackson's looks a ghost. good. I think it looks okay. There's times where it doesn't, but I, and I just forgive it because like that's life. That's showbiz baby. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But there's a lot of really good practical stuff. Yeah. Where it's just like these ghosts that are haunting them are just scary because it's scary to have someone in your house, you know? And there's like some of it that's personal to them and there's some of it that doesn't seem personal to them. And I think that's also really interesting. One of the first things, I think this is the first thing we see, right, is Julian Richings lying in bed and he thinks he sees his wife in their bathroom. Yes. Brushing her teeth. Or flossing. Well, he can't totally tell what she's doing. Sure. She's standing in front of the bathroom and she's got her hands up by her mouth. And he thinks it's Audrey and he's calling out to her. He's like talking to her. He's talking like to her normally. like normally, like as if they just woke up. Or they're going to bed. And she's not answering. And then he, like, things are falling on the ground. He can sort of hear this little tap yes. of things falling. And he's just confused. And then this woman turns around. It's not his wife. It is a younger woman. And she is flossing so hard 
that she's just flossing her teeth out. Yeah, like bloody, like just like... Yeah, just continuing to just saw with floss away at her gums until all of her teeth fall out. Very horrifying. So upsetting. Classic nightmare shit. Classic nightmare shit. Doesn't seem to have any relevance to their lives, which I appreciated. I was like, is this someone who used to live in the house? Is this just a demonic manifestation? Like, what's going on here? And you know what? I actually want to praise this movie um, and sort of get get in front of the hypocrisy is that like a lot of times when a movie, especially a 2010s or more recent movie, just throws spooky imagery at us. We're like, okay, come on. I think about this in, um, is it Before I Wake? Yes. That it's just like, this has nothing to do with the plot. You're just like trying to scare me with, just like with an idea you have. Moths are frightening or like. But in this case, specifically what's going on, which can we start to talk about? Sure, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that like, when they did this ritual, they left the door open for a lot of ghosts to come through, right? Yeah. It's, they didn't, it's not just that they like put Jackson somewhere. It's that like, now there's a lot of spirits trying to come to to the other side to earth yes right and i actually love all of the visual ideas of like the possession and the ghosts in this being unrelated it actually feels like a really creative way to do this i agree rather than again in a lesser movie i would absolutely be like this is lazy you don't have a way to work this in right well it's because they're so specific yeah i think that's part of it it reminds me of the ghost in the sixth sense sure which i also think like those ghosts all have backstories. Yeah. They all have like very specific lives and ways that they died. And I think that these ghosts are very similar. They just seem very like specific and not just like, oh, image frightening or like, oh, blood. You I know? think some of them are because they're they're because they're haunting this couple, Audrey and Henry, they are trying to scare them. Can we talk about some of them? Sure. So like there's a possession element to this where like um Audrey's on the phone with Henry at one point and then he starts saying some really fucked up shit to her like on the phone and she's like really freaked out by it well you is that him i just assumed that was phone shit like oculus sure it could be phone shit like oculus uh it's his voice though sure but it's it's i just think that that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's him sure okay the long guy comes again well this is the thing that is interesting to me is that there's something going on with like this house is like just incredibly bad vibes. Yes. And I don't know. It's very unclear in a, in a way that I think is good because it's like we're supposed to be confused the same way that Henry and Audrey are. They have this book, by the way. They bought this book for like thousands and thousands of dollars. That's where they're getting these rituals from. So it is like an official book. Audrey brings some birds back to life like yeah, in order to kind of prove that it's real. And they are experienced at this point, but also still pretty clueless. So like a lot of things are happening that they that we never really get answers on. But there's something really malevolent here that my theory by the point what started happening was that like the, whatever is doing this, whatever is making this happen, it does not want Shannon, the pregnant lady, to be found. Because it's it's haunting, like the hauntings are happening to Audrey and Henry. They're scared, but nothing no harm is really coming to them. Well, it is it is targeting them. I also I skipped ahead. There's the um a little girl ghost who knocks at the door and um Audrey's reaction to this is like, this is not funny. This is like really cruel. Yeah. Like she's actually like has a good head about it. She's not like scared at first. She's like, This That's is horrible. Mean, yeah. Um and it turns out that it's his daughter her daughter who like or their daughter, I guess, who dressed up as a ghost every Halloween and is, is also not mm-hmm. dead. But it's everywhere. It's like, it's at every it's window. Yeah. And then it made its way inside and then it's like growing. There's a point where it's really tall and it's sort of chasing her. But they don't get harmed. Everything is very much just to like 
freak them out. Yes. Until the lawn guy comes back. He's trying to snowblow. And they're like, please leave. Get out of here. Do you remember what he says? Yeah, he says, you did it right. Jax is in there. He's coming back to you. And then he puts his head in the wood chipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the... Some, the motor of the snowblower, yeah, I think yeah. it is. And um, it's just like a fountain of blood. It's yes. very shocking. It's very, very, very shocking because to this point, there hasn't really been a suggestion that anyone would actually like hurt themselves. But also, this guy doesn't know about Jackson. No. And specifically, they've been trying to keep him away from it. Yeah. But I think that there's some, we don't really know what's going on. Even later on, I don't think we really get a full sense of like, is it possession? Is it just this house's super malevolent vibes? Because it is in order, I, I feel, it is in order to prevent him from finding out. Oh, for sure. Like, it, it is specifically at this point where he's really close to, like, kind of coming into their house and their space. We should say also, it's not just uh, them. The pregnant lady, like, starts to be able to escape. Like, she, I don't know what happens, but she, like, undoes one of her ties. And under her bed is this, like... Oh, my God. This this ghost with a plastic bag over his face, yeah. like, suffocating. Yeah. Who then, like, climbs up the walls and then, like, gets really spindly and, like, Yes, he, gets, he can flip his body. It actually looks that practical. That is going fucking sicko mode. Yeah, he, it looks like a real It um, looks like an acrobat or, like, a, yeah, contortionist. contortionist. Um, that sequence is so fucking it's good. It's so scary. But, yeah, he's just, he's in his underwear. He remind, he felt sort of, like, mental patient-esque. Yeah. Except then he's also, like, um being suffocated in a yeah, plastic yeah. bag it's very very horrifying um so, so yeah, everyone she, in the house just, just chases her back into bed he's just being haunted right like yes but henry and audrey and shannon are not having the suicide compulsion which i think is interesting it made me kind of Correct. wonder like why not because then the next thing that happens is the cop has fully done a great job yes <laughs> like she is on top of it tracking down Henry and being like, he's obviously lying. I'm going to go to his house. I'm going to like poke around and ask questions. Yep. And she, we don't Henry's even, not there. We don't see it happening. Henry like is like, she calls Henry and is like, I'll meet you at your house. And then he's like running back to the house. And by the time he gets there, she's already got Audrey on the ground, like handcuffed. Yes. Um, handcuffs Audrey, starts like talking to me like. And Shannon is like, call for backup, like right now. And the cop is, like, looks over at her and is trying to be like, everything's fine. Don't worry. Like, I got it. And as she is talking about how everything's going to be okay. She says specifically, like, I just have to do this one thing. Yeah. And then she shoots herself in the mouth. Yeah, she just blows her head out. Also, horrifying. So shocking. I think I screamed out loud. Like, it was, it took me, even having seen the wood chipper guy, like, completely blew me away. But again, it's not a vision. No, it's real. She literally handcuffed Audrey. It happened. Like, this is a possession situation with this, like woman walked into this house and then was forced to kill herself. And specifically, again, it's like whatever's in this house is like, I will not let Shannon out. Like, I want this to happen. I want whatever's going to happen with this, like, pregnancy, baby, open soul situation to go through. Absolutely. Then they call their friend, Ian. Oh, Ian. This is their friend from Satan Club. I do want you to know, I loved Ian up until the point it was revealed he was a misogynist. Yeah, I he's think pretty that terrible. It really ruined it. Uh, I was like, this dork who sits in his basement and like does Satan shit and yeah. is the expert to these old people that he's friends with from the library. Yeah, and he specifically is mad because the girl who runs their Satan group is like not actually a real Satanist. Yes. Like she's just kind of like, you know, doing it for the aesthetic. So he like hates her. He thinks he should kind of be the boss, which like, you know, genuinely he probably should be. Because he knows a lot more than them. 
Um, and he is like, oh, now I'm in a position where I can get this book. Yeah, like, he, he asked for 10K and I get to keep the book when I'm done and he'll help out. Yeah. Because he like immediately, he they like bring him to the house and they talk him through and he's like, you did this ritual. You asked Sir God to bring him back. Yeah. You idiots, your translations are bad. I can solve this for you. Which like very, very, very key to me that the malevolent house did not kill him. It yeah. is so specifically clearly oriented to be like, I am only going to stop people who are trying to stop me. Yeah. And, and that's so interesting to and me. And he, he's the, he's our exposition device that we alluded to earlier that like, he's like, no, like it's not a private invitation for Jackson. Like you open the doors and every ghost in purgatory yeah. wants a host now. Like you, this is the ultimate fuck around and find out movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly. Is like you try one thing and you mess with Satan and like. And now you're fucked. You're fucked. Like you're going to die like tomorrow. And maybe you ended the world, like, for all you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. literally just opened the gates to hell. Ian is very funny. He's, like, a nasty little man, but he's, like, you know. He's an incel. He's he, got big he's incel, an incel vibes. Yeah, he's a shithead, but he's, like, you know, you gotta get salt. And Henry's, like, oh, does salt keep in the way? And he's, like, I don't fucking know. I've never done this. But, like, <laughs> I've heard it helps. Which is very funny that it's, like, yeah, yeah. if you, like, read anything about demonology. Like, like he's not an expert just demon try hunter. Just it out. Yeah, yeah. He's just, just a dude, like. If if we were being haunted, we would absolutely try to use salt. But oh, that's because absolutely. that's what we see in, in yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. But like we don't know that it works. Yeah, I love that it, that's his attitude. Again, he becomes much worse. Much worse. The cop lady keeps coming. The cop lady ghost. Yes, now she's a ghost who... and blowing her brains out and just jump scaring them basically. Yeah, just like to torture them. Yeah, just imagine that you're just like trying to live your life and this woman is constantly coming in and just shooting herself in your like foyer. It's horrible. I don't remember if we see the. What like the lawn guy again? I think we do like at least once. Yeah. Oh, it's when Shannon. It's later. Um, I don't. I don't want to walk through every element of the third act of this because I think that like no, I think it's hard about, to like, describe. The reveal, basically, they're like, okay, now it's time for the real ritual. Yes, Ian's, Ian's gonna, gonna help them. They all get in there together, and then it's like, oh no, <laughs> the their Satanist other Satanist friend calls Henry and is like. Ian killed his mom last night. Did some, drew, drew some shit in blood on the walls. Horrible shit. He is absolutely super evil. And then it's like revealed that he is not doing a ritual to help them. He is like further opening the door and yes. he's going to bring like, I think he wants to have Satan possess the baby yeah. so that then Satan will live on this earth as a human. He like, has been like black pilled. He's like, fully, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like, let's bring Satan here now today. Um, so he starts doing that. There's just ghosts fucking everywhere. Yeah, Shannon tries to take Audrey hostage. Ian, Ian stabs Audrey. It's like a whole yes. like yes. it's chaos. There's ghosts. They're all working across purposes. Satan's coming. Yeah, I don't remember. The only thing I remember about the end, just because everything's so crazy, is that both Audrey, Audrey and Henry die. They die. They're like you know we have that classic shot of the two of them. Their hands are like ne- next. They're to They're reaching other for as each other die. as the blood pools, yeah. and it it plays uh, Daisy Daisy. Give me your answer, true yeah. again. I think that there's like there there is a heart of this movie that is very much about how like much Henry and Audrey love each other. Yeah, they're like a very 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 in love at their age. They just um, couldn't deal with the grief, and they, they couldn't. Yeah, they had they. And I don't remember exactly what happened with what was going on because uh, their daughter was. Um, severely handicapped by yes. the accident that killed Jackson. Yes. And then she threw herself down the stairs. Yes. So, so that's, why, that's why there's an elevator in their house is because she was in a wheelchair. Yes. Um, And uh, was Audrey driving the car? 
I don't remember. There was something going on where, like, there was also that level of guilt and that Audrey also felt like Henry didn't fully understand because she, well, she was saying that, like, she didn't understand her daughter's grief about losing Jackson until she lost her daughter. Yes. And that's, like, part of why she's, like... And then I guess they're doing they're doing this because like Jackson is manifesting in the way that her daughter was not, so that's why right. they're like trying to bring him back. Um, they have this plan that they're going to go to Mexico once the baby is born. So they were like, you know, there's a lot also, of exposition. There's a lot of dealing like, with plotting. their own stuff as well. But they're very, very in love, and there is a tragedy of their them both dying at the end. But Shannon gets out. She drives away. She like this is where I was going to say she does encounter the the lawn guy again when she's trying to leave. Yeah, he doesn't stop her. Like she just you know gets out of there. She's driving. She's she driving on down the road. A demon in the road. Sure. And then the movie ends with her, like, reaching down to feel her stomach. Yes. And what's in there? Yeah. Who's in there? Is it Jackson? Is it Satan? It's a funny, the funny thought that I had kind of towards the end of this is that I was like, how? <laughs> There's a lot of hand-wringing that Henry and Audrey are doing where they're like, how will we know if Jackson's really in this baby? And it's like, you won't. <laughs> like, you truly will not. That's not how he it works. He barely had a personality when he died. He was like four. Um, you won't know that he is Jackson until he gets older. And then even then, you'll be like, that's a four-year-old child. Sure is. You know what's an easier solution to this? Kidnap a baby. Yeah, like literally just- Kidnap a newborn, raise it as Jackson. Right. Start calling him Jackson, give him Jackson's toys, put him in Jackson's clothes. That's the version of this movie that's like uh, the people dealing with grief who don't turn to the supernatural. They're right. just like, They're just we've like, had a psychotic a break yeah, and we've yeah, decided yeah. that this is Jackson now. Yeah. Also would work. But like, I actually like this. Okay. As always, my my line, I love a movie that's about Satan and demons and is like fully leans into the supernatural. Right. And it's real. It's not like a metaphor for yeah. grief or whatever. This movie um, is about grief. This movie is actually about, about grief. grief, but it's not a metaphor for grief. It's also about Satan, which rocks. Yes. There again, we this movie establishes almost immediately that there is no delusion here with this couple. Satan is ghosts are real. Satan is real. Like there's a ghost in the first like that's what i'm saying like that when when they show us when the, the movie shows us jackson and does a creepy little like bah, like his eyes are black like he's a he's a ghost yeah there was a point where i was like oh do they think he's dead and he's no, really he, like, alive like no head. he's uh, he's the dead. back of his head is like yes messed up he is dead um and that's a really interesting way to start this movie where it's like we're not going to play any games with like these people being delusional or like wrong like they're at least correct about ghosts being real and the potential to put this ghost spirit in this baby. For sure. Like, it's not about them being crazy. They're just are taking possibly the wrong <laughs> tack Absolutely. with kidnapping this woman. Yeah, this movie rocks. It's really good. I really liked it a lot. Highly recommend. Even if even if you just listen to a spoiler, I think you should watch it because I think that like the imagery you is You have to see the ghost, the little ghost trick-or-treater because it's just so good. Like... We didn't really touch on, like, the ways in which it is terrifying, but, like, it's freaking terrifying. Totally agree. You want to hear some trivia? There's sure. actually some really good trivia for this movie. I only know one thing. What do you know? Which is that it was, like, mostly filmed at the writer's house. Writer's house and director's house. Oh, nice. Um, They met with... We didn't with... mention them. Sorry. Uh, Justin G. Dyke and Keith Cooper. Yeah. Justin Dyke, uh, the Henry and Audrey's bedroom and Ian's basement are his house. That's so fun. But the house used for the bulk of the movie was Keith Cooper's house, um, which is really cool. The two of them went 
and met with like the studio that made this and pitched it and they sold the movie in five minutes and they started pre-production the next day. So that's really fun. That is so fun. It's just immediately we're like, yeah, this is great, which I think makes sense because it is, as much as it's like similar to a lot of things we mentioned, a lot of other like old people movies, possession movies, ghost movies, it's really unique in a lot of different ways. So it makes sense. Yeah, I think there's a version of this movie that's just a lot more... That follows the same plot, but it's a lot more rote. And I appreciate this really executing so well. Agreed. Um, The writer, Keith Cooper, is also... Actually, both of them, Keith Cooper and Justin Dyke, are the kind of filmmakers I really enjoy because there's a lot of, like, background stuff going on. Oh, yeah? In this. Yeah, in The Book of Burr, which is the the book that they have, this death book, um, there's a line in Latin like on the page they're looking at that says TB gratias ago TB quia propinqua est caritis. I did take Latin, um, which translates to thank you for looking so closely. Amazing. So cute. Love that. Um, there's like black cat figurines all over, like in lots of different shots. And there are three different like background ghosts that oh. like you have to like Oh, I didn't see any. Like, like, not jump scare, right? Like, that they're just there in the background. See, I already wanted to watch this again. That makes me want to watch this again. Exactly. So I just love that. Um, that's just so fun to me. Um, oh, also, Julian Richings was, like, written. This was written for him. Like, that's he so was, fun. He was, he had him in mind, which is he just is so really fun. He is really good. He's great. Again, I think it's, like, I think it's important to say that, like, I love Julian Richings. He's a very spooky-looking man. But I do think he pulls off being just a guy in this movie as well. Yeah. Are you ready to invite them all in? Oh, boy. Yes, of course. Why don't you pull up the roulette and we'll see what we're doing next. Thanks so much, Claire, for the recommendation. Yes, thank you. We love any anything that you guys want to sling our way, if it's on streaming, and especially if it's this damn good. Yeah, seriously. All right. Let's give it a spin. Let's see what we got. Our next movie will be... The Raven. Which one? 1935, Karloff and Lugosi. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Have we done a movie this old? Uh, When was The Terror? Like the 60s. Was it really? Yeah. That movie looks like shit. Jack Nicholson's in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. You think Jack Nicholson was acting in 1930? Maybe. I don't know who old that man is. 1935, this is a classic universal monster movie. What, uh, where is it located? It is on Criterion Channel. It's been a while since we did a Criterion movie. Yeah. You go back to it. I think this is fun. I love it. I'm into it. I can't think of anything uh, more different. This is probably like the longest possible distance between like two movies time in jump? time. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. It's 90 years. What year is this? 35? Yes. So it's 85 years. That's pretty incredible. I think that's fun. I think it's fun too. This will be, this will probably be our oldest movie for sure. This looks like it's also on Peacock Premium. Oh, sick. For those who do not have Criterion Channel, which you should. The Raven. I'm excited. I think this is going to be fun. I don't know anything about it, so I'm excited to... Have just... you heard of Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, is it based on... I believe so. ...the poem? It might not be, actually. Hmm. Let's find out. I don't think it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just saw the first line of the... Uh... I don't know. We'll see. Lugosi, Karloff, 1935? We will see. I mean, it has sound, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. Until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com and on twitter and facebook at nowscreaming be sure to leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice and recommend us to your friends even though we don't put out episodes as often as we should we're still working on it still life's busy we're still in you know post-wedding blues it's still happening i'm not blue i'm thrilled the blues of like you know 
being back in real life. Yeah. Being married rocks. Being not like not not being not having a wedding every day. I <laughs> to celebrate I mean, our love. Sounds exhausting, but sounds great. Yeah, you know. What else do we say at the end of this? It's been six months since our you last. Have to episode. thank someone. Oh, I know who to thank. Who are you to thank? Thanks as always to Wes Craven and to Satan for inspiring <laughs> so much great horror content. I mean, like, wow! First time this podcast has ever thanked Satan. I actually don't think that's true. You don't think we? You think we've thanked Satan before? Maybe not like alongside Wes Craven at the end of an episode, but I feel like I have thanked Satan before. Hmm, okay, how Satan? Listeners, uh, let me know if we have ever hailed or thanked Satan in the past. I bet we have. We'll see. I don't know. Good content. Satan <laughs> produces some really good content. He really is a true inspiration to, you know, people everywhere. The muse of uh, horror auteurs everywhere. Yeah. All I mean, right. He's, he's fucked up. Black Phillip, man. He's, he's He is fucked up. He wants crazy shit. I he love wants, it. But he wants us to live deliciously, you know. Who doesn't want to? <laughs> I would love to live deliciously. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And stay spooky. Stay spooky. Sweet upon the sheet of a bicycle built for two.